What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? As social protests continue on the streets of America and elsewhere, athletes are continuing to add their voices to the call for racial equality and social reform. One such athlete is Soroya Tinker. Soroya is a professional hockey player with the Metropolitan Riveters of the National Women's Hockey League. She is also a recent graduate of Yale University. Savoya joins us to talk about how she is actively using her platform to educate and inspire others as part of her efforts to advance the movement for social change. So stay with us. We're right back with Savoya Tinker on Sports 360. Joining me today on Sports 360 is Soroya Tinker. Uh, Soroya is a professional hockey player and an advocate for racial equality and social justice. She joins us today to talk about the latest movement taking place in America and elsewhere as people are protesting and demanding reform. Soroya, welcome to Sports 360. Thank you for having me on today. I'm glad to have you on. I've been looking forward to this conversation with you. And um, I guess by way of a little bit of background, for those who may not be familiar with Soroya Tinker, Soroya is a recent graduate of Yale University who was the fourth overall selection in the 2020 draft of the National Women's Hockey League. And I guess, Soroya, before going any further, congratulations on both of those milestones. Thank you so much. And, you know, I, I would imagine, Soroya, that it must be satisfying and exciting to, you know, achieve such goals and, and yet maybe a bit sobering as, as these achievements have taken, have taken place during what I guess some would say are some turbulent times given the virus and the protests that are going on in many of our streets. Um, how has it been for you? Because is it a little bit of a roller coaster, a little bit of a mixed emotions for you? Yeah, for sure. I think at first um, I, I was definitely very disappointed in not having a graduation just because, you know, you work for so long for that. And it's definitely a sign of your accomplishment walking across the stage. So that was a little disappointing. But I think that this has also given me an opportunity to sit back and, and focus on the areas that I want to advocate for and, and be that voice in sports. So it's definitely given me the time to do that. So I'm grateful for that, for sure. Sure, sure. And as I said, I, I really am excited to to have you on the show today because I'd like to get your perspective on what we're seeing taking place in America and in other parts of the world right now. And that's namely the, the civil unrest as uh, people have taken to the streets, they've taken to social media, to the airwaves and other avenues to protest racial inequality and demand change. And um, against that backdrop, I, I, I wanted to get your perspective as, as a woman of color who is also an elite athlete and as you just said, someone who is an outspoken proponent for, 
for social justice. And so I'd like to begin maybe by just asking a general question, and that is, what factors in your life have shaped your advocacy on racial and social justice? Yeah, so I would say I, I always loved hockey growing up. I started playing at a young age, being Canadian. We're basically born with skates on, so um, <laughs> right. it's definitely a given that, um, that I was going to play hockey. But with that, um, I knew came me being in white space every day. Um, my dad played out of Scarborough when he was younger, um, not professionally or anything, but he just enjoyed it. But he also endured a lot of racism and wanted us to be successful in the sport. So that's how I started playing. And, and I think since then, I, I love the sport so much that I, that I haven't necessarily been able to advocate in the way that I have wanted to in the past. And I think now by having a platform um, to educate and, and have that on my shoulders um, being drafted and whatnot, I think that I've found my voice and I'm comfortable speaking up and calling my teammates out and talking to my coaches about what I've, what I've had to go through and how they can make my hockey experience more inclusive and also for other women of color coming up in the game as well. Now, so many athletes, you know, are using their platform right now, right, to speak out. Yeah. And to speak out like never before. Um, yet, as you alluded to, though, um, even in the current climate, when many voices are sounding the call for change, um, speaking out sometimes comes with some risk. And yeah. there are some athletes and some other personalities who have a platform and yet may be a little bit reluctant to join the discussion. You're not. So from where do you get that courage to speak out? Because it does take some level of courage to do so. Yeah, I, I think for me, I've always been pretty confident in my voice and, and pretty outspoken. Um, I've always been a pretty blunt person. So I think that um, figuring that I, I knew I needed to speak up in terms of Yale hockey, I knew that. Um, Actually, my, my senior year, I played with another black hockey player. Um, that was my first time ever playing with somebody else um, like myself. And I think that I definitely want to create a platform for her to speak out at Yale Hockey and also just to encourage other women of color to speak out when they are in um, predominantly white sports because it is sad because we are silenced. And, and I think that it's important that we do have a voice and we're listened to. Sure. And, you know, you're a black woman who plays hockey and you, you, yeah. you touched on a little a little bit of the experience. But I have to strongly suspect that you face some challenges along the way in your journey. Right. As a black woman playing hockey in terms of, you know, some racial discrimination and the like, some, you know, not understanding your culture or or otherwise just making it difficult um, for you as you try to make your journey in the sport. What has your journey been like in a sport where there are few women of color? Yeah, um, I think I'll use one specific example. Um, this was probably when I was around 12 or so. This is my first instance where I realized like, wow, like this is what I'm really gonna have to deal with. Um, I was in the dressing room with my teammates and we were all making jokes and stuff. and. And I, I spoke up and said a joke and one of my teammates said, shut up, you stupid. And she proceeded to say the N-word. Um, mm. And at this point in my career, I'm, I'm young. I have no idea how to handle this. Um, so me being 
myself. I just ran out of the dressing room and, and ended up crying to my coach. And he was saying, oh, like, just don't let it affect how you play. Um, and he didn't deal with it, which is so disappointing and, and ignorant, really. Um, so I think that those situations have have definitely impacted me. And, and it's taken away from the game for me as well. So for those who don't know, I actually plan on retiring after my Yale career. But uh, I also realized that it is important that I continue playing and, and create that path for other Black women who want to play in my sport. Um, just because I know I didn't have that opportunity when I was younger and I didn't have those role models to look up to. So I think it's so important that we do that and, and provide a, a platform for them coming up in the game as well. well. Good for you, you know, to be thinking, you know, more broadly than just your own personal situation. Um, so I applaud you for that, uh, for sure. Um, now, if we can turn to the current protest for a minute, um yeah what are some of the ways that that you've been involved in because there's a lot going on right um obviously yeah. there's a lot going on in america but we've seen protests all around the world right um yeah. because i think people especially you know following the murder of george floyd i think just seeing the inhumanity of it i think just touched people in ways that perhaps some things haven't done so um in the past but um, what are some of the ways that you've been involved in in the current movement and the push for for change? Yeah, so I think the first thing that I, I did was I decided to share my hockey story on my Twitter platform. Um, so with that, I'll, a lot of people recognized my story and, and wanted to learn more and stuff like that. So that was my first way of reaching out and, and doing that. But from then on, I definitely made an effort to educate others because I wanted I think that's one of the most important things is a lot of this is just ignorance and, and people have to be willing to learn. So with that I, I decided to provide resources for people, um, definitely like reading lists, podcasts, movies, um, books and, and all that stuff. So I know people were, were reaching out to me and asking me for those things. So I just compiled it um, and then sent out that information. Um, and then I also decided to do a fundraiser via Twitter. And um, I raised close to $3,200 and distributed to um, three different places that I, I found close to my heart and found that I think that I wanted to support. Um, so I know people in the hockey community were definitely very generous in terms of supporting that. And, um, and, and yeah, so I think those have been my main three ways, but I definitely still have family members, friends reaching out to me, asking me questions, which I know it's not my job to educate them, but with my mom being white and my dad being black, I know that white people have questions about this. So I definitely have made an effort to educate. And I think that's been my, my number one go-to. You, you hit on something right now that I was planning to talk to you about a little later, but we might as well do it now. And that, and that is the role of education, right? Yeah. In the current discourse, because, you know, I've had conversations with others as well who, talk about the importance of educating, right? Um, and, yeah. you know, I think we all, you know, could be educated on the issues, but particularly those who are not people of color, you know, um, you know, there may be a need to have some conversations, to have an open mind and to, and to be educated on the issues. Um, you hit on some things, but w what are some of the things in your opinion, Soraya, that we all can do 
and perhaps particularly people who are not people of color, to become better educated on the issues that we're currently facing right now? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is just for people to make an effort. Um, I think that the people who have reached out to me have made it, it, they made it known that they want to learn and that they're open to learning. Um, whereas I think that a lot of people are stuck in their ways and they're not open to learning about the, the ways that this has affected the black community because it is so deeply ingrained in American society. And, and I think that people are reluctant to change their, their views and opinions. So I think that once they're willing to learn and willing to open that book or willing to just, just read a simple thread on Twitter, read, read um, whatever it is, but I think that it just has to be that effort and that willingness to learn, having an open mind. Yeah, and on a topic of open mind, and again, I'm you know coming from it somewhat from the perspective of sports and athletes. You know, we've had some commentators um, in America, and I'm sure this takes place elsewhere. Um, we had one commentator, sort of famously, a couple of maybe a year or so ago said that basketball players should shut up and dribble, right? Yeah. And and we hear that a lot, right? Stick to sports, right? We don't want to yeah. hear your opinion on social issues, on politics and 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 the like. Um clearly you don't ascribe to that view. Um <laughs> but what would you say to people who still hold on to those views even now that athletes should stick to their athletics, stick to the games and stay out of these types of issues? I, I think people have to realize that we have a large platform. People watch us every day. People are so excited when it comes to comes to sport. And, and for me, I think that I, I wouldn't have been awarded the opportunity to attend a, an Ivy League um, institution such as Yale without hockey. And, and with that, I was able to learn and, and I know I'm educated and, and I know that I'm also an athlete. So I think that it's so important for people to realize that we are more than athletes and we have things to say just as other people have things to say. Um, and, and it's, it's so important that athletes use their platforms in the way in, in positive ways and reinforce this and, and educate people because we do have followings and, and people do listen to us. Sure. And, and, and it's great for athletes and others um, to lift up their voice and to use their platforms in whatever way they can to advance these issues. Um, but I'm sure you would agree that we can talk and we can have the discourse, but if we're going to see change, it's going to take more than talk. It's going to take more than athletes or entertainers or high profile people getting getting involved. We all have a role yeah. to play. Um, what would you say generally? Like, what is it going to take? Because at some point we get to the, and maybe we're here now, we get to that place called now what? Okay, we we yeah. talked about it, we protested, we we tweeted, we you know did all those things. Now what? Uh, have you given thought to some of those things that have to take place if we're going to get to real change? Yeah, so I definitely think we're at a what now point. Um, I I think it's important that we recognize the areas that need to be changed and and not just speak on them. Um, so that's like policy change, that's changing in, in our education system, um, things, things like that. Like I've seen the, um, the statues come down 
which is so awesome to see. <laughs> um, but it's, it's things like that that show progress, I think, um, despite not everything being fixed right now, but it is a change. And, and I think things will come in little steps. But I think it's important for people to, to look back into how they've been raised and how, how race has been involved in their education and how they've learned about it and refocus and, and form a new opinion and learn in learn about the ways that it's affected our community today and proceed to do that. Sure. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that you're Canadian. Um, you're born in Toronto, I believe, correct? Yeah. And uh, you still reside in Canada? Is that still where you make your home? Uh, yeah. So I, I just graduated in May. So since the since the COVID outbreak, um, I was home since spring break, um, so in March, but I've been home since since then. Okay. And and where I'm going with this is, you know, I, I'm just curious because here in the United States, as you know, we have a long and sordid history of police brutality against people yeah. of color, um, um, particularly against African-Americans and African-American males. Um, and are there any similarities or differences that exist uh, in the relationship between police and people of color in Canada compared to what we see here in the United States? And on that front too, even taking it beyond police brutality, racism, it, it, do you have, do you see any differences in how it's expressed in Canada versus the United States? Um, I definitely think it's not as prevalent in Canada, um, just the, the violence, but it, it does happen, not as often, but it does happen. And when it does, I find that in Canada, we're able to sweep it under the rug more so um, and not publicize it, which is, which is upsetting because it should be and people should recognize that and allows for people to recognize that there is an issue. But I would say, I mean, I grew up playing hockey in Canada and, and I definitely have endured the same racism here in Canada as I did in the States. Um, so I think in Canada, it happens more covertly rather than overtly. Um, so I think that would be the main difference, but it's, it's definitely still here. It's, it's, it still goes on in Canada and, and it, that's why people are fighting everywhere, not just in America. Right, right. Right, because I think in the end, you know, at least the way I look at it, you know, as I alluded to in making the comments about the murder of George Floyd, really this is, this comes down to our humanity, right? How do yeah. we treat fellow human beings? Um, and there does seem to be a real shift in the making that I think that for those of us who want to see change come about, that this is an opportunity that we have to seize. Do you sense that kind of urgency right now? Yeah, for sure. I, I think that people are are really hoping to make change and everybody's making an effort. I know I've seen on my social media platforms, like my, my white friends speaking out, my teammates reaching out to me. And, and I think that's so important. Um, and it shows progress because this would have never happened before. And I, I may not have been comfortable using my voice as well as other athletes. So I think that definitely shows the progress that, that's going on. And, and people are making an effort. Now, Savoy, I am going to make a confession. I'm, I'm not a big hockey mm -hmm. person. 
Okay. I, yeah. I, I watch <laughs> hockey sometimes. Um, typically, I watch NHL hockey. Um, and yeah. if I do, I watch it during the, the playoffs. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a every day sit down and watch a hockey game. Um, but, you know, um, I, I appreciate athletes. I, I mean, I've worked with athletes most of my professional career. And so I just appreciate the excellence that you all bring to sport, right? Because yeah. for those of us who are weekend warriors, um, we understand mm-hmm. how easy you make difficult things appear to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> so, um, but um, as I said earlier, you were selected number four overall in the yeah. recent draft. So again, congratulations on that. Um, drafted by the Metropolitan Riveters. Um, now, I, I would imagine you're excited to begin your career, but in light of the pandemic, are, are things kind of put on hold, pushed back in terms of when you're going to report and go into camp and all those things? Um, yeah, so our season's been pushed back to November um, as of right now. So um, I'm I'm hoping to move to New York by the end of the summer if things calm down. But um, as of right now, we're we're hoping to start up in November. Okay, and and do you have any concerns as as a rookie, right? You're going to be, this will be your first season, um, about continuing to advocate and to speak out on social issues while at the same time doing all you can to make the transition from college to the pros? Um, if I'm being honest, I, I'm not worried at all. Um, I think that through this, these past couple of weeks, I've, I've made sure to build that platform for myself and show that I'm comfortable speaking out and, and show that I'm confident in, in whatever needs to be done, whether that's calling teammates out, speaking to the league and in terms of our diversity and inclusion training, um, all those things. And I, I, I'm so excited to make the, make the transition to playing pro. And I, it's even more exciting that I now have a voice and that my league is supporting me and that my teammates are supporting me and want to know how to make change. So it excites me rather than, than worries or, or stresses me out. So I'm, I'm definitely more excited than anything else. Well, that's good to hear because I was going to ask you about, you know, the league and the team and your teammates and, and so forth. But can you give us a little bit more? So did you say you've already reached out to the league and to talk to them about diversity and inclusion? Um, yeah, so I over over my um, social media platforms, they've been sure they've been they've definitely been a huge part of that and in, in retweeting and sharing my posts, um, making sure that their posts are are made for people of color and and whatnot and supporting us as Black Lives Matter and, and stuff like that. So I think that the NW is definitely making a big effort in, in supporting me and their other players of color because I think a lot of other leagues necessarily haven't. So um, I'm definitely very thankful for that because I it makes me more comfortable going into the league. It makes me more comfortable to speak up and talk to my coaches if something does bother me. So I'm excited about that. And how do you feel overall, Soroya, about, I imagine you're getting, as you do speak out, you, you, know, you get more attention. And, you know, you've come to our attention. I was glad to see you out there on social media um, speaking out as you do, taking the stands that you do. And I did see, you know, your um, your tweet about the um, the causes that you were supporting and so forth. And so I would imagine that 
more attention is coming your way. How has yeah. that been for you? Um, I, I think for me, it's definitely been overwhelming just having finished school and, and being in a big adjustment period. But um, it's been emotionally overwhelming. But I also realized that this is this is something I'm passionate about. And it's something that I want to do. And I that's why I've made it my, put an effort to speaking with people and, and reaching out to people who have reached out to me and providing people with the answers to their questions and whatnot. Well, I, I would tell you that you know, from, you know, the little I have seen, uh, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you to, to keep doing what you're doing, because I believe that that you're making a difference. So um, I definitely want to encourage you to do that. And, Thank you, you know, with the um, coming hockey season, I mean, we, we're, we're in this place of uncertainty. None of us really knows what the next, you know, as we try to reopen, so to speak, we really don't know yeah. where things are headed. So there's a lot of uncertainty. So certainly, um, you know, congratulations to you again for, you know, first of all, graduating from Yale and, and being drafted and um, stay healthy, um, obviously stay safe. But on these issues of racial injustice and social change, um, I just say to you, stay strong and stay committed, because I do believe that you're making a difference and particularly having the opportunity as an athlete, as a woman of color, and also to speak to, I think, a you know, the the younger generation, even though an old person like me can learn to, you know, and I enjoy the conversation. But I think yeah. to have, you know, the role of of, of the young people right now in, in the movement, um, I think is an important. And I think you can play a role in that as well. For sure. I appreciate that. I plan on staying strong. So... <laughs> Well, good. Well, good. Well, so thanks for taking some time today and and stopping by and and sharing your perspective with us. I I really uh, appreciate it and have enjoyed our conversation. Of course. Thank you for having me on.